Hello, this is Dr. Rosie Kuhn, and this podcast series is called Aging Like a Guru. Who, me? So I uh, am doing a number of podcasts today all at one time, and so there's kind of a um, weaving together of some of the thoughts that happen here. Um, so I just spoke about Rajiv Nagayak, who I'll be interviewing uh, in, a, in next week, and you'll hear that in a couple of weeks. Um, and I talked about a fellow down the street who is in his late 80s or 90s, and he fell, and, and he's now under hospice care and will be passing in the next while. Um, talked about a lot of things, but this particular uh, episode uh, is about... Um, how old do you feel? And uh, in the New York Times, they did an article on this phenomena that, in a sense, how old you feel, no matter how old you are, but how old you feel is actually uh, uh, indicates or creates a sense in your body of of either health and well-being or uh, disease and stress and um, degeneration of pro- degeneration and decline. And um, so that's a really cool thing because that means, again, that we have control to a larger degree than we imagine of, of our health and well-being. Um, I can imagine myself, I'm 67, you guys have heard that quite a few times, and if I really think about how old I feel, I'd say I feel like maybe 55. Um, I'd like to feel younger than that. And the truth is, then if I'd like to feel that way, then what do I need to do to shift that? What do I need to create differently in my life, in my belief system, that uh, has me actually be feel 49 <laughs> for me. The 49 might be a something else for somebody else, but for me, to feel um, young and vibrant and, and vital is really, really important. And I think part of that is there's the upside of that age that I'd like to feel, and then there's the downside of that in a sense that I remember the emotional turmoil of that stage in my life. Uh, that I don't want to accept. I don't want. I don't want that turmoil in my life. But I do want the well-being that I had created. Um, when I was in my 40s, I uh, sailed across the Atlantic Ocean on a 93-foot schooner with five, six other people, and I had a lot of strength. And I also worked in um, the San Francisco Bay area as a sailing instructor into my late 40s. Like that's pretty amazing in terms of strength and vitality and uh, resilience and, and uh, all those things are really, really cool. I'm not doing any of that activity to that degree at all now in my life. Um, and I kind of like the peacefulness and the less push and the less aggressive. Uh, and not that I was thinking I was aggressive or pushing at that time, but there was more of that, um, I'll just say, assertiveness in being active. And now I like the kind of calmer time here where I go for a walk every day with my dog and I'm walking in the woods every day with my dog and it's a lot more peaceful. So the point of all this is that we are a choice about how we want to feel in our life, how we want to choose to feel in our life, and then what we do to choose that. So again, if I feel 55 and I want to feel younger than that, what do I need to choose differently? And it's not just, okay, I need to exercise more or I need to um, eat better uh, or give up whatever it is I need to give up. Um, It's really a matter of looking also at my belief system about myself and what it means to age. So when I think about my neighbor down the street who fell in his 90s, uh, and or anyone else uh, at that later stage in life where 
we imagine frailty, right? We imagine it's a time of frailty and fragility and vulnerability. And if somebody falls, uh, you know, the likelihood that fall, <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's just the absurdity of the belief or the interpretation that when mostly when people fall now in that age group, they're most likely going to die. So people say oh, they died because they fell down. And it's like, wow, because infection sets in or um, pain and stress sets in and um, immobility sets in so that they can't do the things that they used to do. So there's a decline in emotional uh, life vibrancy. Uh, and uh, with infection comes aspiration. And what comes with that is usually pneumonia and then people die. Uh, but the, the trigger is the falling. So here I am, probably at least 20, maybe 25 years younger than my neighbor who fell and, and is in hospice. And I'm going, okay, so how do I be now so that I can not get to that place of fragility, fragileness, and decline? What, what, what do I need to shift to, to have that not happen? And I was speaking with his son, who's a really good friend of mine, and we were kind of like... <laughs> laughing about it because he doesn't have any children and I have a daughter and she has uh, um, in-laws and then her dad who's got a, a wife so it's like I can't necessarily count on her to be the caretaker for me when I get older and if I if I fall and I fall here where I'm at I'm kind of on my own I'm 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 all I'm all alone up here and I'm totally safe and feel good about that but in 25 years, I may not be here, but that sense of what is it do I need to shift today in my belief system or my orientation or how I be so that I will not have that level of fragility and frailness that we anticipate or expect for older people. Uh, another friend of mine who is in her late 90s, she's just turned 70, 98, I think it is, and she's been um, doing water aerobics and very active human being for a very long time. And that's not unusual here on Orcas Island. And it may not be unusual in every place, but a lot of people here in their later, later, later years um, are very active and alive and vibrant people. But there is that state where there is a decline. And how, does, how do we think about that in a way that uh, empowers us to be different, to believe different, to um, be in our present moment now differently so that that when we think about the future that we can anticipate vibrancy and, uh, and uh, mental clarity and strength and uh, not that fragileness and frailness that we anticipate currently. What that means is there's a, a shift in how we see the world, excuse me, the, the, the context is everything. The context is the way we see the world and then the way we act in the world. So if you, if you um, see, the world, see the world of aging as a decline into decrepitude, then how you be with that is resistant and perhaps depressed. Maybe you give up and say, well, what's the point in trying to have a great life? I'm going to decline anyway. Uh, uh, so that's our, our, our thoughts create our actions. And our actions are, can be our emotional actions in a sense, I, how, I, how I feel about aging, 
I get scared. I feel oppressed. I feel um, like I'm not in control. I feel uh, vulnerable and and depressed because I I don't I, I'm I'm powerless here. Uh, but if I change and shift my interpretations about the truth of aging, then I can create a different um, action. I can create a different way of being. Uh, and and what's really hard is and is that we live in a, a physical world and we believe that the physical world is the only world we live in. And so the physical reality is, hey, we're alive and, and we die. Every single living being and entity and cell on the planet dies. And we don't necessarily in this particular culture have a very healthy relationship with dying. And we don't have, a, in this particular culture, we don't have a very healthy relationship with those people who are dying or are aging. Uh, and so for me, as a person who is aging, uh, who's observing and witnessing and participating in other people's dying, um, it's interesting. It's just interesting to watch and observe from a place of, okay, this could be me in 20 years, 25 years. How do I want to shift how I'm being today so that that doesn't happen to me, or it happens to me <laughs> differently, so that I'm I'm more in control of how my ending actually ends up. So I want that for you too, regardless of if you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. I want that for you, that you can come into a place of choice with this. And it doesn't necessarily mean you get to have it your way, but you can actually look at things differently so that the potential for having it your way is much more accessible than if you say, I can't have it my way, I'm gonna end up in a, um, you know, an elderly care facility uh, and, and be uncared for. You know, it's like, I want you to have a different outcome than that. I want us all to have a different outcome from that uh, than that. And, and the potentiality is there. Uh, and there's a lot of support people in the world, there's coaches and counselors and, and uh, people, consultants like um, Rajiv Nagayak, who we'll be talking to in a couple of weeks, like I said, about, you know, how do you get to stay in your own home? How do you get to not be a burden to your people, to people who love you? How do you um, make sure you have enough money till the end? And those are all really, really, really good questions for us to ask ourselves and be with and actually come up with answers. <laughs> pretty, pretty simple. How do we actually create the answers as opposed to just, oh, that's an interesting question. Gosh, I think I'll go make myself a cup of coffee and do some um, Facebooking. It's like, no, you got to kind of maybe dig in a little bit if you want to, if you want to. You know, these are, are meant to be, these podcasts are meant to be uh, entertaining and perhaps insightful and inspiring and ins perhaps just something to listen to. All right. Well, big hugs to you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye.